to 73. Um, three, I think. What? I think it was three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I do apologize. Last episode, it was super weird. So um, I set the episode to download, and then I went to bed, just like I always do. And then I just woke up in the morning and checked, and I was like, oh, darn it. It, it, the, like, it always says, like, network connection failure or whatever. And it happens, like, every once in a while. So I said to record again. I'm, I have to leave in, like, five minutes. And I go in there, check in. I was like, I can do it quick. I'm just going to cut off the beginning and just, like, just do some super bare bones stuff to make sure we can get it out. Um, and then <laughs> it's the episode download failed again. So I had to text Colton. I had to leave. And he just downloaded it, threw it on Anchor, and that's um, – he doesn't have any of the editing software or anything. That's what I've always done. So I, I do apologize for putting Colton in that position that he had to do that. But I didn't really have much of a choice. It I wasn't difficult. Actually, um, it was just, you just download it and then upload it. And then I just like put the title in on the episode and whatnot. So through the app, the app is pretty nice. But I'm not going to say the name. Everyone knows. I'm pretty sure it's logos on our logo. I think it has to be. Um, so, so it was cool. But I do apologize for the lack of luster quality and the like four seconds of us talking before the episode actually started <laughs> that i always end up putting out so how was your weekend that's what we always start out with so how was your weekend it is it is um it was uneventful um <laughs> to say the least as a weekend um today as of january 4th um the governor's governor tom wolf's shutdown of everything is um is not in effect any longer so uh everything's starting to open back up finally so we were able to get back to basketball practice today for the first time in three weeks which was a blessing and a curse um we had to do a lot a lot of running today and i'm a little bit sore but such is life such is life and that's that's pretty much it i watched a lot of football we got some uh, the playoffs, the playoff brackets all set up now, and uh, that's what I'm I, I'm interested in that. And I'm just I've just been looking at that and like, man, I can't wait for for NFL playoffs. <laughs> I really can't wait. I'm well, yeah. but it's like it's it's bittersweet because you have the NFL playoffs and we're like, yes, we're in the playoffs. This is amazing. But then obviously, the season ends and. That's not good. That's uh, not <laughs> that. That is not good. That I. The more football I can consume, the better. But um, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know. Sad times, but we enjoy it while it lasts. For sure, I uh, I get that hundred percent. It always is a very a very good term to use. Bittersweet. Uh, you love to see um, the playoffs come because it's the most exciting time of the NFL season, and uh, mm-hmm. all the good games. Us as Steelers fans, we get to watch our favorite team go out and play for the for the ring or or the trophy, the Lombardi, as it said. And um, then after that, you just gotta wait around till about the end yeah. of spring, and <laughs> we can hear about all the the draft stuff and free agency and whatnot. So that's that's a fun mm-hmm. time. It's like I want free agency is exciting sometimes. Sometimes the draft can be exciting, like whenever the Packers I traded like up for Jordan Love. That was pretty interesting. I like the draft always. <laughs> At least, like, it was a lot better for me last year. I, t- I think I talked about this before, but usually going into the draft, um, I don't keep up with the draft stuff. Usually I know the top, like, five picks that are going to go, and then I know somebody that the people that the Steelers have on their radar. And 
that's about it because I just don't care that much. But even I literally. There we go. All right. It's we are back. Just episode without Skype messing us up. That's some technical <laughs> difficulties. But um, yeah. yeah, what what we were talking about, I was just talking. Uh, I usually don't know much about the draft going into it, but now, just last year, like I kind of read up on it a bit, and I didn't like even like really dive deep into it. I would, um, I looked at some of like the position. They'll always have the one guy on ESPN or NFL Network or whatever that'll do his like positional rankings, like after the combine and that. And then they'll they'll have um, just different different mock drafts and such. So I'm looking through my, just last year. I decided to look through some mock drafts. I listened to a few podcasts. Um, I believe Adam Schefter was on one of them, and they were just doing their mock drafts of of the season. And they were kind of giving their expo like what they like what they know about each prospect. And so yeah, I just listened to that stuff, and that just actually got me just a little bit educated and just educated enough to make a mock draft for myself and educated enough to have some sort of understanding of what was going on and throughout the whole draft and that was that did wonders like i actually enjoyed the whole draft just knowing who the players were i mean the Steelers. i'll re i researched it more when the steelers had a first round pick and then of course i made a mock draft and it was horribly wrong um the steelers actually traded up which not many expected I predict yeah. this draft, DeAndre uh, Baker, and of course that would that one would have been a, a pretty bad idea as we know his um, little criminal acts now. But you know, oh, I can't complain about the draft. I didn't really prepare for it at all. I knew the first like three picks pretty were were pretty uh, set in stone. But um, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely looking into a little bit more this year since the Steelers do have a first round pick, which is always nice. Um, so I can be a little more educated about it, as you would say. But and it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was more educated when we didn't have a first round pick for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, and of course I always have to bring. I, yeah, every time we bring up the draft, I have to mention that we we've been teasing a mock draft for a while, and of course I'm not going to do a mock draft right now because that wouldn't make any sense because we don't know what the draft order is. But, yeah, close um, to the draft we'll yeah. do one. Closer to the draft, we might do like one. Oh, definitely after the combine because that's more you get more of yeah, a. Yeah, we'll probably just do one like the week before the draft or something. Yeah, that's of course a really long time away. We've got lots of, of different ideas planned out before that, and I forgot to, to talk about our what we're gonna do this Friday or whatnot. Um, uh-huh. But it's not we're not stressed out about it. Um, <coughs> I guess with that, we probably should get into the news as there yeah. is quite a bit, I suppose. There is a bot ton of news, um, to say the least. And that, that always happens with the end of the season. But we're going to start off, I'll lump these three together. Three head coaches that um, were fired. And in my opinion, these are probably, this is amazing, because these are probably the three worst head coaches in the league, if I had to name three. Um, Adam Gase, we all know Adam Gase, all the stuff he did. Players, everybody hates Adam Gase. Um, Anthony Lynn of the Chargers. Um, it's weird to me, just with the Anthony Lynn fall off because it's like they were twelve and four just two years ago, and Philip Rivers was um, doing you know amazing, and he still technically has a winning record as head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, but it's just what I saw from him this year, like get him out of here! Oh my goodness, the yeah. way he was trying to utilize Justin Herbert at times and just the oh man, I did not like Anthony Lynn. 
and Doug Marone of the Jacksonville Jaguars is the third head coach that was fired. Um, he doesn't have any, you know, he's he's no Adam Gase where everybody hates him, and but he's not a good head coach. Uh, he's just not, um, and that's what it comes down to. But with those three, there's another head coach that many thought could potentially be fired that I was happy um, he, Zach Taylor, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, Head coach um, will remain the head coach oh. of the Cincinnati Bengals. It has been confirmed. He was fired. I was like, what? I thought I heard that he was no. gonna, wasn't going to be fired. No, no. Um, uh, yeah, yeah that he will remain the head coach. There was a lot of speculation that they might fire him, and I'm happy that he remained the head coach because I didn't even I didn't think that team was all that bad before before Burrow went down. Um, and I don't, you know, think relative to like they're not. They didn't have a crazy amount of talent on their roster, so I did not really think that. You know, it's not like we expected them to be eight and eight or anything, but like, you know, they were a road to being like a six and ten, seven and nine football team with with Joe Burrow at the helm, and that's about that's better than we had expected from them. And statistically, Joe I, Burrow I think Zach Taylor, yeah, he was, he was. Um, so yeah, with with his quarterback and a healthy team, mind you, like Geno Atkins pretty much didn't play like all season. Um, there's like. Injuries galore on the team, and just with some two of the biggest pieces, you know, coming into the season, the most important piece on the team, Joe Burrow, and coming into the season, the best defender on the team, Geno Atkins. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think he'd perform that bad when he was in. But three firings, and then one that it will stay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was all pretty expected, to be fair. Um, yeah. So no, there's not a whole lot you can say that, to, to be honest. <laughs> But I, I'm yeah, happy. Yeah. Fired. Um, Doug Marone. You know, I I don't know. He was just couldn't win. <laughs> like I don't. I'm not sure yeah. what his big thing was. He just like was not a winning coach. And I guess you need it. You want to install a culture there. And the first overall pick, you're going to get one of the best quarterback prospects uh, in recent memory. So start fresh and, yeah. and do what you want. I guess that's what they were thinking there. Quite possibly a top three quarterback prospect of all time. With uh, John Elway and Andrew Luck, potentially. Um, but now comes a, uh, a not good piece of news. Josh Jacobs, uh, Vegas Raiders running back, was arrested this on Monday morning with a DUI charge following car accident. So I uh, got in a car accident, found him, uh, found there was alcohol in his system, and he gets arrested. And it's just... It keeps plowing on, man. It's like every one of my favorite players. Like every time I, I really like a player, they've got to go nuts. There's, they've got to be controversial. It's just how it always ends up. I loved AB, obviously. I don't even have to say the controversy with AB. I love Juju Smith-Schuster, and a, a TikTok becomes a controversy. Uh, freaking, I obviously there's Josh Jacobs now. I love Stephon Diggs, and then everyone, you know, was like, "Oh, Stephon Diggs, you're such a crybaby when he went out of Minnesota." It's just the cycle, man. It's just the cycle. I don't know. But, Josh Jacobs was uh, the only reason I would like him. He was on my fantasy football team last year. I know he was on at least one of them. Um, and he, he, he was on two of them. Huh? Um, I don't really that? know why I like Josh Jacobs, to be honest. He's just one of those guys. There isn't a real reason. Really, most of my like my favorite players, there isn't a real reason for it. I just like them. He's from Alabama, right? He, yes. There's a lot of I can Alabama just produces running backs like like it's nobody's that problem. <laughs> yeah, some, like, but I, I I don't think I can give the running back university 
to anybody besides Georgia. That's all right. I just no, can't I think do it. What, beside the University of Pittsburgh. <laughs> mm. There's a there's a lot of volume, not a whole lot of quality. Oh, no, no. A lot of volume. <laughs> University of Pittsburgh. I go. I go. That's running back you. I think LSU is wide receiver you. I think we can agree on that. Other defensive back you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is quarterback you? Is there really any team that's like their quarterback? Like, can you really think of any? Like, mm. can. Like, who are the real, like, Alabama, what corner, they have A.J. McCarron in the league. Uh, Tua, obviously. Tua and Jalen Hurts. And I, th- I don't think, I can't think of anybody else. Um, Clemson has Deshaun Watson. I can't think of anybody else. Um, Ohio State has, Texas Ohio State has, like, J- JT, JT Barrett and Dwayne Haskins. I mean, technically, Joe Burrow went to Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what quarterback you would be. I'm not gonna throw that up. Stanford, maybe. I don't know. A lot of people go to Stanford. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. The, it, to make those decisions, it's always kind of like, just depends on your knowledge, and if you. I don't have a high knowledge of. <laughs> I don't have a high knowledge of college. Yeah, we're not big college football watchers, but mm-hmm. there's Texas. Yeah. That could have very well produced a very good quarterback. I can do Michigan and Tom Brady. <laughs> all right, mean, I know Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, no. That's all I know. But That's a different team. I was thinking Johnny Manziel. But... Yeah, <laughs> Johnny Manziel, baby. Johnny Manziel is gonna be Dude. in the coat, the team, the fan league, or whatever. Yeah, I don't like even know, but. I don't know what that league even is because they're talking about it. It's like, yeah, the plays are going to be called by the fans. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you get like app and like everyone wants to vote on a new play every down or whatever. That's what that's stupid. But for that's that's not that stupid. I think that's cool. But like, I mean, it's it's cool, but it's it's like you get to imagine it's like fourth and fifth, or it's like fourth and fifteen, and you need to win the game, and. I'm a, I'm like say this is NFL terms, right? <laughs> say I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and my team it's fourth and fifteen, and I need to win this game against the Dallas Cowboys, and we're in the last minute, and I'm down six, and I have to go for it. Maybe just like an influx of Cowboys fans just <laughs> says run the ball, <laughs> QB Neal. Like, what if what if we just get like an influx of like hundreds of Cowboys fans that just QB Neal, and then you have to quarterback Neal and lose the game on fourth down. Like I, I don't know how this is gonna work. I don't. Know. I like. I they probably would have somewhere around that. Like, my guess know, is it'll be like a play. selection of three plays that'll just yeah. show up on the screen. And you'd be like, which one do you want? How, how long are they gonna allow the people to vote? And if it's like, so, so you have 15 seconds to vote for the play, and then you need like a certain amount of time for like pre-snap, like after, you know, after snap, post-snap, uh, past post-huddle, I mean, you know, where you sit there and you watch the defense and whatnot, you know, you have a 40-second play counter, so are you going to have a 55-second time in between plays? Like, that's going to make, game, make games super long. That's like the I whole don't thing. Know. Maybe, it's maybe it's just like funny and like they'll, they'll call the plays, but then uh, you, you like get to the line of scrimmage and Manziel sees something he doesn't like and just completely changes the play. <laughs> That'll be... Uh... Very interesting. I don't know. It's weird, and they're also gonna like. You can the fans can also vote, and like the players are gonna switch teams every week. 
and whatnot. Uh, that's oh, weird. And but like that would be weird, but then it's like most fans, if they vote for a passing play, they're not gonna be like, This wasn't the passing play I voted for. What? Like if you like if they vote for a specific passing play, like your average fan and it's a passing play, they do the passing play, even if it's not the right passing play. The the usual fan's not just gonna look at that and be like, I didn't vote for that play they're gonna see. Oh, I remember I voted for a passing play and they passed the ball, so that's probably what it is. Unless maybe they voted for like Hail Mary or something for Verts or like I don't even like I have Yeah. That's all I can think of. But Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It's a weird idea. It is, but... it is. We've been on a long tangent. <laughs> Since the Josh Jacobs news. Next, um a really sh- weird piece of news. John Elway has been the GM for the Broncos for the past couple seasons. Um, he is actually taking on an elevated role in the organization. He will now move from GM to um, head of football operations in, for the Denver Broncos to hire a new general manager. Um, this is weird. A lot of teams have GMs slash head of football operations, like they're the same person a lot of times. Um, not in this year. And it, it was fun. Like, you know, there's all the funny memes about John Elway only drafts six foot five white QBs or, you know, that they always have the mediocre six foot five white guy. But, like, what, what really does the head of football operations do that's that much different than the, what the GM does? Because, to my knowledge, they just kind of collaborate on stuff. Like, yeah. I, I don't really know what John Elway's the difference. I don't really know the difference between John Elway's thing now and the diff- and what it was, but I don't know, hopefully a new general manager will get something done because as great of a face as John Elway was um, to be like, you know, our general manager, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I don't think he was that good. So. No, he was, he was a great player. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Michael Jordan. I think he's, I'm, don't, I'm not sure. But, and he, he has a, a part in the, what the Hornets do. And he is I'm, the owner of the Hornets. Exactly. He's the owner. That's, he, that's why. He's the owner of the Hornets. I don't know really what he does. I don't know. Like, I don't know what he even does. I don't. I know when they drafted LaMelo Ball, they said, like, he has James, Michael Jordan's stamp of approval. Like, Michael Jordan approves of the drafting of LaMelo Ball. And I don't know if that's just a kind of a show thing or what, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That was it, before the draft. Obviously, I don't know I if guess I made it's that a clear. Situation though, where there's a player there, and they're a great player, but they're not as good as the players and making decisions and whatnot. So, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. And I guess they both have to. They Please. both like they have that like answer to him, whatever that means. But I guess. <laughs> um. So now, uh, this one is a little lesser known. Matt Schwab is retiring from the NFL. Um. Falcons owner Arthur Blank said, and you know that, that that's you know he was a longtime Texans quarterback. Not long time. He was a Texans quarterback. He once led the league in passing yards. Um, he was a Pro Bowler one or two times, but you know he's been the backup for Matt Ryan for a few years. He's been a backup as long as I've been watching football. But he was a pretty good backup, and I, I respect Matt Schwab. He had a good career, so uh, thank you to Matt Schwab. But the next thing here is another like kind of piece according to adam shafter here um quote everybody expects that drew Brees will retire after the season and that is 
a sad piece of news. Um, because, well, you know, we saw it coming. It, it's I don't like to see quarterbacks go out when I feel like they have more left in the tank. And, you know, some of it is like, mm, like I also don't really want to have to watch, you know, one of our generational quarterbacks suck for a year. <laughs> but it's like Eli Manning, like, it's rough for me to watch Eli Manning suck. You know what I mean? I don't like that because he's one of the quarterbacks that I grew up on. But also, it's like, I knew he didn't have anything left. And I knew that he didn't give his team a better chance to win being on the field. But it's like, Drew Brees, like, you know, I I, I respect his decision. Like, obviously, if you're going to retire, spend, he's got a family, spend time with his kids, spend time with his wife, that's fine. Uh, all respect to him. But it's just like, I feel like Drew Brees has more. Like, I feel like this offense is so tailored around Drew Brees. Like, he doesn't have to be that good. And it's like, if they don't win the Super Bowl or something, like, I want to see Drew Brees again. And I don't, maybe, like, there was the report in the offseason that they they thought Taysom Hill was their guy for the future. But, like, I can't enjoy the idea of bringing, like, a 32-year-old quarterback, Taysom Hill, to be your, you know, future guy. Um Maybe it's Jameis Winston. I find that hard to believe, however, because um, of the fact that they started Taysom Hill over him. But I, I really don't know what the what the Saints do if Drew Brees retires. But um, that's a that's a question for another day. And we just you know, I you know I kind of hope it's not true to an extent. But um, it's just I won't say thank you to Drew Brees until he actually retires. Yeah, but. That's- He's certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and it, the league will look a lot different in a few years. Just imagine a few years from now, when we the quarterbacks we grew up on that are still in the league: Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, uh, Philip Rivers. They're all just they're they're going to be out of the league, and that's going to Joe Flacco. It's just a few more years, and we're going to have a whole new set of quarterbacks from what we grew up on, and that's weird. That's. Uh... Put me in a, a downward mood. I, <laughs> I definitely, um, he was, yeah, he's a great player. Very good statistical player, of course. He, um, as far as I know, and barring any changes or I'm just, you know, losing my mind, I do believe he is a leader of all-time passing yards. Uh, I think. I know he broke both of the records last year, but him and Tom Brady were like, fighting back and forth for like for like the uh i don't remember if it was the yards or the touchdowns record i'm pretty one sure of the it's two. touchdowns i'm pretty sure they're like super back and forth okay touchdowns. yeah those two like the whole season like they were passing each other back and forth all year yeah and you know it, it, it's a stats and everything but he was a great player he was a nice he was oh, a, great, yeah. a super bowl uh, winning quarterback uh led the led the saints to that, that was their only super bowl wasn't it yeah i do believe so after Hurricane Katrina, the amazing storyline there, and uh, just an amazing quarterback, an amazing person, Walter Payton, Man of the Year winner. Um, yeah, everybody loves Drew Brees. That's not, yeah, that's all there is to say. It's definitely yeah, you, it's gonna be sad to see him go, and that's yeah. When it, the back, that, <laughs> it'll be sad to see Drew Brees go, and that team, yeah, this this sets team, um, the Saints team. I've mixed Saints and Jets there together for some reason. The Saints team is going to be very different after he retires. Uh, whatever their plan is with him, I'm not sure what it is. I don't yeah, know <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't even know how they're gonna do it. But 
Um, 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 um. What is it? I said we will see, I guess. Uh, if, yeah. We will. We will. It's not the only legend that will be retiring, according to sources. Oh, yeah. Larry Fitzgerald, according to sources, will probably also be retiring. Um, and that one... <laughs> you had to throw it in there. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald, um, in my opinion, a top five wide receiver of all time. Such a shame that we won't see him in the playoffs in his last season. Um, such a shame. You know, obviously, um, I would have rather the Steelers won that Super Bowl. But yeah. it is a shame that Larry Fitzgerald did not get his, never got a, a Super Bowl ring. Um, he's just a, an amazing football player of all aspects. A uh, mm-hmm. first ballot Hall of Fame guy and a first ballot human being. Another uh, Walter Payton <laughs> Man of the Year award winner. Um, he's just an amazing person, an amazing player. And it will be very sad to not see Larry Fitzgerald in the league anymore, let me tell you what. Yeah, um, he's probably the one of the, some of the best hands ever. You predicted it to happen, um, which is not one we're ha- we're not we're not happy that you were we're right on one that you were right on that one. Yeah, but yeah. it is something that um, you know it's happening. So we've got to say it. But yeah, he was always he was always a nice guy. He was always one of the premier talents in the NFL. Uh, in recent mm-hmm. years, he's regressed a little bit. He, you know, I'm pretty sure he's had a catch in like. A bunch of consecutive games. I don't remember how many it was, but I, I know I heard that somewhere that he's like almost the the leader for most catches and like receptions in a, per game or whatever. I'm not sure. He was ridiculous. He he had such a long streak of games played until it was broken from COVID protocols that he had to sit out. But it was oh, it was ridiculous. I, I was upset by that. But um, it's not official yet technically, so we will probably report it again when it becomes official. Just to ringing a real a real the real thing but for now mm-hmm. thank you larry fitz um one of the greatest football players of all time so yeah um more speculation stuff per se that we have here um according to chris mortensen of espn carson wentz's relationship with the eagles and head coach doug peterson is quote all but fractured and the quarterback plans to help facilitate a trade this offseason so, um, there's different reports that come out about different stuff. Chris Mortensen is this one. He's I'm relatively reliable overall. And they said, yeah, he's going to try to get himself out of Philadelphia. And boy, boy, oh boy, if this man goes to New England, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> but, in the, like, uh, I don't want him to go to New England, but it's, it's such a good fit. Like, you can't deny the fit with the fits there. Um, and for the Patriots, you went seven and nine, and obviously you're not going to be in the the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, or probably the Justin Fields or Zach Wilson sweepstakes. Um, maybe that is your maybe that's the best option, and I'm not entirely convinced it's not. Now, I would kind of like to see him go to the Bears or the Colts, but oh my goodness, man! Like Mitch Trubisky to the to the Patriots, as great of a fit as that would be. I I don't want to see it. I really don't. Yeah, that would definitely be weird. I'll admit. Um, but there's a lot of good options as far as as teams that want a quarterback. Uh, of course, Chris um, Carson Wentz. You know, he won. He was a Super Bowl MVP. 
or was a close Super Bowl MVP. He was not a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, not a Super Bowl MVP. He was almost an NFL MVP uh, yes. before, before injuries went down in, in that, that very crazy year. Well, probably my favorite year of, of NFL ever. That was that was a great, <laughs> uh, a great time. Yeah. I um, think my favorite year was the uh, year where the Falcons blew the lead in the Super Bowl. Or Cam Newton's MVP year. One of those two. One of those mm-hmm. two were probably my favorite. I loved I loved Cam Newton. Um, the fifteen and one Panthers squad that lost the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl fifty. That was a crazy year. Peyton Manning's last year. Um, but the Falcons year. The Steelers were thirteen and three that year. Made the AFC Championship. Um, it. Oh man, <laughs> those were those were good days. They really were. They really were. But mm-hmm. wait, actually no. The Steelers weren't thirteen. They were eleven and five that year and made the AFC Championship. Yeah, they have a better record this year. Yeah, the thirteen and three year they lost uh, to the Jaguars in the second round. But the thirteen and three year, or the eleven and five year, I'm sorry, was a crazy year because they started off like four and five, and then just won out and <laughs> just won like and it's like a crazy amount of games straight and. Just ended up winning, and you know, taking a playoff spot um, and beating the Dolphins in the infamous game where Bud Dupree destroyed Matt Moore, and then uh, second round, (laughs) yeah, and then the second round beating the Kansas City Chiefs with Alex Smith. Um, That was probably my favorite year of football, to be honest, just because of well. That year was good because of the playoffs, but 13-3 and three year might have been my favorite just because I, the offense. The Steelers were such a fun team to watch, and that's what based like, my favorite off because my favorite team watching dictates my favorite season, but, you know. I don't know. It's 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 pretty hands down. I, I really like the year where the Eagles won to the Super Bowl, and I know the Steelers weren't the greatest. Um, I honestly I can't remember what year, like, I don't know. Was that that what was? Did we make? Was that the nine six and one? I am. I'm not really sure. Uh, I can check though. But I guess, I guess with that, we should probably move on to the next set of news. That's, yeah. You know, we <laughs> yeah, we we need to get through this. We're we're going for like forty minutes on news here. Um, <laughs> now. The last piece of speculation, um, Cam Newton and the Patriots are expected to part ways per Adam Schefter. That is a decision that we kind of expected. We kind of saw coming. We, no, I don't think any of us really thought that Cam was going to be with the Patriots long term. Um, but he will be in all likelihood a free agent unless um, he decides to retire, which I doubt is going to happen. He came out recently and said that he still believes he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. and. I don't know. Um, I'm going to need to sit on that for a bit before I formulate an opinion. But he's still, you know, he's still a, a solid QB. He can win you games. You you can win some games with Cam Newton. Um, hopefully, if you know, hopefully he can be more productive in the passing game if you see him with real wide receivers and not Kobe Myers, Demir Berg, Nikhil Harry all year. Because uh, he looked pretty good when Julian Edelman was in the lineup, to be fair. Like, those first couple weeks, he didn't look too bad passing the ball. But mm-hmm. we'll see where he ends up. I don't really even 
I think he's going to be a backup, personally, because just how many teams can you think of that need a QB right now? Like, there's the Jets, the Jaguars, um, the, the Bears, I guess. You know what I mean? But it's like the Jaguars are getting Trevor. Yeah, it's like, it, do the Bears even want to move on from Trubisky? There's there's talk, talk that they don't even want to move on from Trubisky. They might resign him. Um, like, the Colts, but the Colts could go back with Phillip Rivers. Like, he, he did well. The, mm-hmm. the Phillip Rivers ex- experiment worked. They might want to resign him for another year. Um, the I don't even remember the... Yeah, like, the, the Jets. I mean, I don't even know if you take Cam over Sam Darnold. Or if, possibly, they draft... Um, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, one of those QBs. And I mean, it's Trey like Trey Lance. It's Trey Lance. There's there's a lot of different options for all these teams, and I just it's tough for me to convince myself that one of these teams that need a quarterback is going to decide like, yeah, we'd rather have Cam Newton than draft one of these guys. I just I can't yeah. see that happening personally. The only, I feel like it's not the talent; it's just the age. The age is a limiting factor that. Cam Newton's age is, age is numbered. Um, yeah. Like beating, like he took a beating this year, running the ball so much, especially on the goal line and such, taking big hits from humongous linemen and whatnot. You know, I'm not going to speculate on his health because I'm not a coach and or doctor. But, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it's more likely that he just won't sign with someone if he's going to sign and be the backup. But I feel I, like unless uh, Philip Rivers retires – then I think Cam Newton will be a backup. Yeah, I, it, that would be the position that I'd be in if he's signed. But I know last year he said he, he's not going to sign if he's not going to play. That's what he. I, yeah, I don't know. Last year. Yeah, so, I don't know what his um, position will be this year, but interesting. I don't know. He's definitely like good. Like I just don't know what. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know what team would pick him over the guy. Yeah. The guys they already. Have. Or someone in the draft, which is, is what you already said. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and then the, the last two pieces of news are, are you know, they're kind of news. We're, we're just going to congratulate some players here on some record that that have been set in Week 17. Um, Lamar Jackson to start off with um, becomes the first quarterback in NFL history with multiple 1,000 yard rushing seasons. So um, it's very. I feel like Lamar Jackson is. I don't know what the record is. But all-time QB rushing yards, Lamar Jackson has to just shatter that in the next couple of years. I feel like. <laughs> I'm not like, sure. About I don't really. It's probably Michael Vick. I don't know how many you Yeah, I would assume it was Vick, but you know, with all you know, I I don't know. I think by by when it's all said and done, Lamar Jackson will destroy that record. Um, yeah, I, I think. Surprised. Don't be surprised if Lamar Jackson comes close to like doubling the record. Like this man is different. Um, we've never seen a quarterback run as much as Lamar Jackson does. But and then the second one is um, a really uh, a pretty cool one. Justin Jefferson, the Minnesota Vikings rookie wide receiver, has set the record for all-time rookie receiving yards in a season with 1,400 yards on the dot. Um, so yeah, we saw him break Randy Moss's uh, receiving yard thing on the Vikings, and everyone was like, "Yeah, that's sweet." Oh, he broke the. Um, all-time one, <laughs> and nobody. It seems like we, we see more people talking about him breaking Randy Moss's Vikings record than all-time NFL record. You know what I mean? But that, that that's just really dope to me. We already saw Herbert come in and break the all-time passing touchdowns record by a rookie, 
and it just seems like every year rookies are getting better and better. You know, it's like every single year these rookies come in more and more ready to play, and it's it's really interesting to see. So Justin Justin Jefferson, the Pro Bowler as a rookie, broke the all-time receiving yard record, and Lamar Jackson, the man, the myth, the legend, doing it with his legs, two 1,000-yard seasons, and probably so more. I looked, I looked it up. Michael Vick is the leader um QB rushing yards, and uh, um, he rushed for 5,219 yards, um, according to bleacher report so um yeah so lamar Lamar he's gonna set the record when it's all said and done give it a few years the record of course yeah you know we we're not gonna i can't predict injury but i feel like even if he gets injured he's gonna come back and keep running you can't take the (laughs) you can't take the run game out of lamar jackson it's just he'll break it he'll break it it's it's a matter of when i would say but yeah with all of the news finally done after like 45 minutes, um, we get into our analysis of each week 17 game, the final week of the NFL season. And for <clears throat> for most of these teams, the uh, final game of the season, we will not see, obviously, most of them in the playoffs. Um, so we're going to start it off here with the, we'll start with the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. So this is a game that I thought could be really close. And judging by the score, you would say I was wrong. Um, The Packers won 35-16. to um, But it's like, it's so weird to me because if you didn't know, um, the Packers led the, like they had more yards than the, I'm sorry, not the Packers, the Bears had more yards than the Packers. Like more rushing yards, more passing yards, I believe both, um, and a way longer time of possession. But they lost by three scores, and it, it, it's just so weird to me. Drew Brees was just getting her out of there and getting her done, and without any running backs on the roster. Um, there, obviously, there were they signed some. They signed former the former Packers running back Ty Montgomery came into this game and actually did pretty. Or no, never mind. Sorry, that was. I don't know what I'm talking about. I got that mixed up with the Saints. Um, but yeah, Aaron Jones was so I don't I literally was talking about Drew Brees and no running back. I just went on for like forty five seconds about the Saints for no reason. Um yeah, was tough, tough. you'll hear more you'll hear more about that in a little bit. But yeah, it, it, it's just weird to me. I guess Aaron Rodgers was he, he went nineteen for twenty four for two hundred forty yards and four touchdowns. Um, so obviously he was slinging the thing, but he was getting her done quick. Obviously the, you, the only highlight, I, I wasn't able to watch this game, um, besides apart from, you know, what the highlights that I see here or there. And obviously we saw the highlight of Marquez Valley Scantling with his crazy long touchdown ended with 87 receiving yards and a touchdown on only two receptions. Um, man's averaging 43 and a half yards per reception. Um, you know what you get from Marquez Valley Scantling and it's long bombs. And then for for the Bears, the only one we had was Darnell Mooney, eleven receptions for ninety three yards. Um, but yeah, the, uh, a-, a Rod was just slinging him, and he was slinging him quick. I guess not much running going on up. So I don't even know. Like they didn't have that much time of possession. The Bears were taking up all the clock and had more snaps, more yards, but they weren't able to get it done. But they still made the playoffs, though. Just because of an Arizona Cardinals loss, they made the playoffs as the seventh seed and obviously we know the Packers are the first seed in the NFC going to get that first round by 
So, yeah, this will be interesting. Um, Chicago will face the Saints, I believe. Uh, is, that, is that right, the Saints? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to face the Saints, and we'll see how that game goes. I'm sure you know how we're going to predict it, but I won't come out and say it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Green Bay takes it 35-16, to 16, and I went on for – like a minute about the New Orleans Saints when I wasn't even talking about the Saints game. I was confused because I said former running back, former Packers running back, Ty Montgomery came into this game with had a good game, and I looked down to look at how many yards he had because he was one of my top performers for the Saints. I remembered, and then I saw Green Bay. I was like, wait a minute! I just went on for no reason, but you know, stuff happens. Stuff happens. All right. Um. So so we get into the most important game, and. Of our the game I of course watched Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers twenty four to twenty two Steelers losing in nail biting fashion as they uh they almost the two point last minute squib kick they almost recovered the the onside kick because the Browns player kind of fumbled the ball a little bit and um, at the yeah. end of the day they didn't pick it up and then they were blowing the clock out pretty good Baker Mayfield has all day about two hundred yards passing and a touchdown. Nick Chubb had 108 yards and one touchdown, um, but he had the one long run that like was a, was a big part of that. Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. did not have a like, crazy impressive day running the ball. He had like one pretty solid run that was like pretty long, and then he had the the, the ice run at the end of the game to get the first down, so they could just kneel yeah. it out. Um, Jarvis Landry had a rushing touchdown. Interestingly enough, um, there was no real crazy good receiver today. I'll admit. No one over 55 receiving yards. Austin Hooper did have the lone receiving touchdown on the day. Um, so, you know, good for him, I suppose. <laughs> uh, for defense, Jacoby Phillips led the day tackling with eight, and he also had a tackle for loss, which is which is nice. Um, MJ Stewart had the lone interception on the day where there was some mad pressure. Mason Rudolph tried to throw it to Juju and underthrew just a little bit. And he was Badly fell. That was not a good decision, I'll admit. Uh, as far as I go, I'm a big Mason Rudolph believer, um, and that was not a good play. Um, Olivia <laughs> Vernon, who was, I, I guess, I, I just heard he's, he's um, I don't know if we mentioned that, Olivia Vernon did sustain an injury on Sunday. He, he only had one sack, but he had a really solid day. He had, like, a lot of, um, he had two mm-hmm. tackles for loss. You know, so, definitely a solid day from him. But for Pittsburgh, let's let's admit it. Mason Rudolph outplayed Baker Mayfield. I want to say it's, he had 351 yeah. rushing, passing two touchdowns, and, and the one ugly interception that we already discussed. Rushing the ball, James Conner, uh, in, in the slew of, of, of running backs there, did not do very good. Um, he, the leading rusher was James Conner, but it's not even like a big deal. He only had like 40 yards. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it continues to be the downfall of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, leading the day receiving, Juju in the Chase Claypool, pardon me there, had 101 receiving yards and a touchdown, which is definitely a great day. Him and Mason Rolfe had some nice chemistry, followed by Deontay Johnson with 96 yards. And then Juju, who was third place with receiving yards, but, well, you know, he didn't have a crazy day yards-wise, but he did have a touchdown. Um, sadly enough, it's always, I never understood why. James Washington and Mason Rudolph do not have all the chemistry. Yeah, they together in I don't know they either. Would, he only got two targets on the day. It's like because honestly, I'm not entirely convinced that they like James Washington is a good player, but 
but I'm not entirely convinced they didn't draft James Washington because they may have had a hint that they wanted to draft Mason Rudolph. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely convinced that that it may or maybe you know obviously it could be the other way around, but like they had to have thought about that when drafting the two. They had to have been like, okay, if this is our guy moving forward, um, this is this is going to be our wide receiver. They've got so much connection already. I don't understand why they don't have good chemistry. They were college teammates, as is what we're referring to. But they just—they're like best friends. They've never had chemistry. Yeah, but they, yeah, they're like super close. They go hunting together in the off season, but like, they just—they don't have that good of a connection on the football field for whatever reason. Yeah, it's way it's weird. Um, but I don't know. We always mention that. <laughs> um, and on the defense side of the ball, Alex Smith, Alex Highsmith. If he would have been the winning team, I'd probably give him player of the game. Six tackles, a sack, and a tackle for lost. Very impressive day, I'll admit. Sean Davis came in for a inactive Trell Edmonds. I'm assuming he, had, he might have not had a very serious injury. They just rested him. But I feel like if, you, if you're uh, Trell Edmonds, I feel like you need to be a little bit worried about your job. Sean Davis was a former starter here in Pittsburgh, as we all know. Um, he came in, he had a nice day, laid the bomb, laid the, laid the bomb a couple of times. You know, he didn't do too much like i feel like he, he has never been like the best coverage player ever but i feel like he had a solid i feel like you should give him more time i always like sean davis um and i was sad when he went down with injury and of course they traded for minka and he's a definitely a, a quite quite the great upgrade but, uh, yeah i wish sean davis would have got, got a better chance he didn't get much of a chance to play in washington uh when he signed there um so it's yeah uh, i like sean davis <laughs> As well, I do think he should be getting all of the backup safety minutes over Jordan Dangerfield for sure. But um, yeah, I think Trout is safe. I, I he's a first round pick and he's this is on his contract year and they want to see what they have with him. Obviously, he's played. Trout has had a few interceptions and he's developing a lot of chemistry with Minka Fitzpatrick. So you're not gonna throw him out the door. But I do think I wish they'd give Sean Davis some sort of snaps somewhere on the field. Like I feel like he's I feel like he's pretty talented. But he's definitely a sure tackler. He led the Steelers in tackle for a couple of years there. This was a this was a tough game to lose though. Um, you know, I I think we both agree that if Ben played, we we probably would have won this game. And definitely would have not thrown that pass <laughs> to do do like that. He probably would have definitely a little more experience throwing the ground or or just take a sack or something. But Minka and uh, not Minka Mason Ralph did put a lot of effort in today. You tell he was sad when he lost. Um, you know, the team as an overall, I feel like, I mean, I feel, I feel like they could have tried a little bit harder. I'm not going to hate on the Steelers, but I do think, I feel like I was just, at the end of the game, I'm not exactly uh, too stressed about winning yeah, the game. But. Yeah, yeah, me too. While I was just sitting here, sorry, listening to you talk about this, a spider just flew in a web right down my screen and like, just landed right next to my face, just <laughs> casually. I don't even know how where it came from, but you know, that's wild. That random so, side thing. I like to hear your your analysis on the Mason Rudolph play, though, because obviously this is always the this is always the, the whole big thing. Are you more do you more think he's the future of the Steelers, do you, or do you less think he's the future? Or do you, are you just pretty pretty good sitting there thinking that Mason Rudolph is going to be a career backup? I am pretty good. Um, I, I will admit, he had a very good game. Uh, I respect him. He had a respectable game. I, I really liked I think he was a good quarterback in this game. The There were, you know, the 
the pick was a bad decision, but everybody has bad decisions every once in a while. But overall, 315 yards and was it two touchdowns? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, 350 yards and two touchdowns is a good. Um, that, that's a good game from any quarterback, and, and especially a young quarterback like Mason Rudolph. Up this confidence, hitting D. He was really hitting deep shots. Let me tell you what. He hit the, the deep strike to Deontay Johnson the first time. Then he hit another deep strike to Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. He had an amazing deep ball to uh, Chase Claypool. And, yeah, he was just he was banging the deep shots all night. And I, I can respect that. He had a very good game. But if, if I had to say, did this make me believe less or more that he's the Steelers quarterback in the future? Obviously, more. But um, I still don't believe it. I think he might be the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers' backup quarterback position. But um, I don't see him being a starter still. We, we have this debate so often, whether that be um, on here or just casually talking to each other. But I don't think Mason Rudolph is the future, personally. And we all know Joe's position, let's be real. I don't know. I was, I was very impressed with his play. They were very willing to give him the deep ball. And a uh, very interesting stat we discussed pre-recording, pre I guess, um, that Mason Rudolph leads the Steelers this season with most completions, 20 yard plus in one game, with four. <laughs> um, hmm. And it's just, I don't know someone willing to throw the ball deep with Ben. Um, I don't know if maybe they just wanted to see what they had in, with Mason Rudolph's arm. There were a couple of passes that were just a little bit off, or passes that I think... Um, the wide receiver might have been a little bit off the route, a little bit more, or, or whatnot. Um, that probably could have been completed, but you know, obviously they, they weren't. So I, I was impressed. I definitely am more willing to say that Mason Rudolph is the future. I posted on my Instagram story that the future. Nobody slid up. I was surprised. Um, I thought someone would say something. <laughs> and you I know what I think about it. Don't seem to care. Um, everyone just thinks I'm dumb. But I, don't know, I really, I'm really impressed with Mason Rudolph, and um, I still, I feel. Like the Steelers aren't sold to as they wanted to see what they had in, in Josh Dobbs a little bit, putting him in and, and we're, we're experimenting with what they could do with him. Uh, but I don't know. That's a discussion that we have all too often. So, yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this next game, Seattle, San Francisco, um, Seattle wins 26 to 23 in a, in a close game as per usual and for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson has an efficient day, 20 of 36 for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, 12 receptions for 90 yards and two touchdowns. He caught his 100th career touchdown, and it was a pretty one over the shoulder deep bomb. And then defensively, they had Benson Mayella, who went three tackles, two sacks, a tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. Um, then on the other side, C.J. Beathard had a very good game, 25 for 37, 273 yards and a touchdown. Jeff Wilson, the running back, his second straight week of being – uh, the lead back there in San Francisco, 20 attempts for 76 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then Kendrick Bourne, the leading receiver on the day for San Francisco, five receptions for 76 yards. And I, I must admit, I did not get to watch this game either. Um, it was, you know, somewhat back and forth from what I saw. San Francisco kept up a little bit better than I would have expected. Um, really good game from CJ Beathard. Once again, he's had a couple really nice weeks in a row here. Um, and yeah, Jeff Wilson does his thing. I think Jeff Wilson's a really good running back, by the way. Um, he just—it's like every time they put him in, he really utilizes his time in the game. And I—I I really like what I see from Jeff Wilson every time he's on the field. Um, 
and that and that's what that's what there is to it. Brandon Ayuk didn't play, so Kendrick Bourne got some more some more shine there as the number one receiver on that team. But uh, Seattle took a, a small dub by three points, solidified them at the three seed. Uh, yeah, interesting game. I didn't get to watch it either, so I'm not even gonna say anything. But yeah. let's go, Pacers. Yeah, so we got a man. close one versus uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, 118 to 116. Victor is the leading point scorer there with 25 points. He's had a few good games, but um, I won't bore you guys too much <laughs> with that, mm. as I do. Still do not know about the NBA. Um, but we got to, to a close and. One of the close NFC East games. It was a very, very tight week 17 in the NFC East. As the New York Giants just win by a four-point margin over the Dallas Cowboys, 23-19. Not what I predicted. The first of many games I predicted wrong. <laughs> this was a yeah, really good that wrong. If I remember correctly, I think I said... Actually, no, never mind. I, I said that for a different game. But that was... I did predict the Cowboys to win. And I... That... that if I, if I was a betting man, I probably would have bet money on that game. Oh, my gosh. I really thought the Cowboys would whoop, put a whooping down, but I was sorely mistaken. They, they put up, like, 45 points in one week, and then the next week they put can like barely put up 19. They're wild, team, yeah, I don't, especially with that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. The, I, my predictions are really bad, and I'm not going to pretend like they were even partially good this week. But then hmm. the Jones can. Had, a, had another solid game for him, 229 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Leading rush of the day was Wayne Gallman, but he didn't do anything too crazy. Uh, Sterling Shepard had a rushing touchdown, interestingly enough, followed by a very good game through the air with 112 yards and a touchdown. Very good performance from him. Um, the other receiving touchdown came from Dante Pettis. Um, so, so, you know, good for him, I guess. But he didn't have too many yards in addition to that, so you know, I'm I'm not a, I feel like he did he used to play maybe he had like a brother or a, a father or something that played for the Ravens. I swear there's a tight end that played for the Ravens. His last name was Pettis, but I mean I'm not sure. Um, maybe on the defensive side of the ball today, there were some quite some interesting performances. Taya Crowder led the day with seven tackles and then of course an tackle for loss. Um, Xavier McKinney had an interception. As well, as well as four tackles and a tackle for loss. So a good performance from him. Um, but you know, it, it was it's a weird it's a weird game because I'm I remember the Giants were up big at like halftime and they couldn't do as much in the in the second half. So you know, it's a it's an NFC East man. I cannot <laughs> I cannot believe that the Dolphins missed the playoffs with ten wins. But we're really gonna have to sit there and watch the Washington football team with like seven mm. wins in the playoffs. Yeah, we're it's, it's be- it is sad that the Dolphins missed the playoffs with ten wins, while there's a seven and nine team and an eight and eight team that made the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah, AFC is definitely way better than the NFC this year. There have been arguments. Yeah, that was like yeah. As long as I've been watching football, the consensus was that the NFC was better. But I think we're at the point now where I think we can agree the AFC has more talent. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say and the NFC South is a, is a very talented division, but other than that division, all the rest of them are pretty clear on, on the best and the worst and whatnot. Whereas there's um some more competitive divisions, I think. And the NFC, NFC North is absolutely stacked, especially next year with with Joey B coming back. Um, there's a lot of free agents that could leave for the Steelers, but 
you know, the the main core there. It won't won't take too much loss. Um, for Dallas, though, I guess with that discussion underway, um, he he had a very he kind of had a very inefficient day. He did not have a very good completion percentage, twenty nine of forty seven. That's definitely not he's done not the best he could have done. Two hundred and forty three yards and one interception. Rushing, he was actually the leading rusher for the day. Weirdly enough, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Zeke did have a touchdown though. He did have a touchdown. I was just about to say. Uh, and he had six yards less. So 46, 42 yards for Ezekiel Elliott. That's our prediction. My predicted him to have the best year of his career, and he goes out and puts up 42 yards. That's the worst year of his career. Yeah. My predictions you jinxed him. are so bad. <laughs> I'm so bad at different predictions. Dalton Schultz said that they were receiving with seven. But they're receiving passing game for the um, Cowboys not get going too much um, as the offense as a whole really didn't get going too much. For the defense, Jalen Smith did have nine tackles leading the day. Um, Demarcus Lawrence took three tackles, a second tackle for loss. Um, Donovan Wilson also had a second tackle for loss and one sack. I mean, one tackle, so a little bit less impressive of a day. <laughs> Greg Zerlin was practically the whole entire offense for the Dallas Cowboys today. Four for four with field goals. So um impressive impressive there, I guess. <laughs> but yes. this is not a this is not a fun game. It, I didn't get to watch much of it. I saw a couple highlights here and there just from Sterling Shepard that plays and stuff because he's a pretty exciting player. But um, you know neither, neither of these teams made the playoffs and neither of these teams deserve to make the playoffs, so not much to be yeah. said, I guess. Mm-hmm. Overall. Yeah. <laughs> There was some controversy after with the Giants and they're not making them a playoffs, but we'll get into that at the end when we when we go after that game. Um, the next game is the game that I anticipated to be the best game of the week, and it ended up being the worst game of the week. The Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. So I, I did predict the Rams to win because um, I was under the impression that Jared Goff would play. Um, that they, I was wrong. John Wolford started. And the Rams still won, though. Um, 7-18. to 18. And boy, was it a rough game. Arizona, Kyler Murray had exited the game with injury, so they had Chris Strebler in at quarterback, which surprised me because I believe, I thought they put Brett Unley in. I believe he's still on there, unless something happened to Brett Unley that I don't know about. But they put Chris Strebler in the game, and he didn't do much. Um, Kyler Murray ended up coming back a little bit later, but still wasn't able to get much going. And the only, the only, we only have two player of the games, one from each side, and they're both defensive. Um, for the Arizona Cardinals, Tanner uh, Vallejo, 12 tackles and a sack. And then for the Los Angeles Rams, they get the one play of this game that really turned it around. Uh, Troy Hill, five tackles, five tackles, one uh, pass defense, and an 84 yard pick six. That was the play that, that turned the tides of this game, and LA is headed to the playoffs as the sixth seed in the NFC and the second team in the um, NFC West. So this was a really boring game. We expected it to be a really exciting, a really exciting game with Kyler Murray and those Cardinals, but the injury happened and just nothing was able to get going for that, for the Cardinals in that game as they put up a whopping seven points and the Rams get 18 and win. So, yeah, I saw that Jared Goff was not going to play, and I was like, oh, let's go. That's a lock. That's like a 
prediction locked in. I'm going to get that one right. And then they go out there and won the game. But I'm, I'm happy. The, um, I'm happy the Rams made the playoffs. I think they're a good team. I My predictions for them were, were brutal. I was looking back at, at my season predictions for them. And uh, no, I was not, well. to say the least. And I thought the Cardinals were going to make the playoffs. They did not make the playoffs. Uh, so thing, things happen. My predictions, uh, I, I don't want to go back and talk about my predictions because they're all so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> hmm. not the best predictions, but he definitely had better predictions than I. Um, maybe John Holford will get to delete his LinkedIn account now that he's a professional uh, quarterback. <laughs> That's the funny because I think he was he was some sort of like financial advisor, and then he got signed by the IEF and then to the Rams. So interesting. Very interesting. Unlike this game that I predicted wrong as well, I predicted Atlanta with the upset, but Tom Brady and the Bucks go out there, absolutely put out a, an offensive implosion of 44 points compared to the 27 of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we see Tom Brady got there and passed for almost 400 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Um, Ronald Jones was the leading rush of the day with 78 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown... One of our favorite players yes, of all time. 138 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he kind of stole the one from Scotty Miller, but no yeah. hate <laughs> whatsoever. I gotta gotta love AB, and he got his to like two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus for. It was so yeah, he got a big contract bonus because Tom Brady decided to throw him a couple of shovel passes to end off the game, so he would get his uh, receptions quota and to end up uh, <laughs> getting his. His uh, his his payout there on the contract, but I was very proud of Antonio Brown to go out there and put up 138 yards and two touchdowns. It was, it was a it was like heartwarming experience. Yes, it was like the AV of old with 11 receptions. A great game from him. But I think there's an argument to be made for Chris Godwin having a better day than him because he had the same amount of touchdowns, yeah. five less yards, and a whole six less receptions. So there's definitely an argument to be made. Um, you know. You, we can go. You can choose that. That's just preference, I guess. Mike Evans was actually the third leading receiver in the day with only 46 yards, but he actually left the game early, like very early in the game, with some sort of he did or whatnot. He did, however, get his 1,000 yards, which is actually something I probably should have said on the news when we were talking about our player, like things they did. First ever player in NFL history to start off their career with seven straight 1,000 yard seasons. That is just nuts. But he barely got it before he left with injury, but he got it, so. Yeah, so good good day for him, um, I guess. <laughs> if you're a Bucks, you got to be scared, though, as your, your best wide receiver is injured. And I haven't heard anything about it, so I'm not sure what the, the verdict is there. On defense, Son Murphy Bunting added five tackles, a pass defended and a forced fumble so a good defensive day from him for sure um other than that there wasn't too many crazy players on defense to be fair uh you know for the falcons matt he had a pretty you know okay day you know kind of keep up with tom brady and the rest of the team though i mean the team he was facing of course so 250 265 yards two touchdowns no interceptions um Todd Gurley was not the leading rush on the day, and um, I'm not sure why. But Brian Hill, well, they, Brian Todd Hill, Gurley and Todd has Gurley has faded into exi- has faded into the abyss the past couple of weeks. They're just 
not giving him the ball at all anymore. He got nine. He got nine carries, just the same as Brian Hill. But Brian Hill had ninety-four yards, and Todd Gurley got nineteen. So <laughs> that's quite mm. the difference of ten point four compared to two. So you kind of got to know what what running back they. But they didn't favor him over Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley has still the same amount of carries. Like Todd Gurley just had a bad game. <laughs> to be fair. Um, Matt Ryan did actually have a rushing touchdown, interestingly enough. Um, Russell Gage had a really good day receiving with 91 yards and a touchdown, Hayden Hurst had a touchdown. You know, on the defense, no one really did anything too crazy. Ricardo Allen had had the interception. Um, But other than that, no one really had a crazy, impressive day. So I guess that's that. Yeah. So... This next game we got here, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts, a game that I did have the opportunity to watch a decent bit of. Um, Mike Glennon started for the Jaguars, and he had a very good game, 26 for 42 and two touch. I didn't even write how many yards he had. Um, but he had over, he had some 250, I believe, and, and two touchdowns. I didn't even write the yards. Um, don't ask me why. It was a mistake. But um, leading receivers for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chris Conley, seven receptions for 87 yards. The rookie, LaVisca Chenault, goes six receptions, 62, 68 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, defensively for them, they had Andrew Wingard, five tackles, three tackles for loss, an interception, and a pass defending for him. And then on the other side, this game was absolutely dominated by Jonathan Taylor, the rookie. Um, he goes 30 attempts on the day for 253 rushing yards. And two touchdowns, which is um, 8.4 yards per carry. Um, very, very good. For, imagine that, That's very good to get 30 attempts and average 8.4 yards per carry. That is nuts. Um, but 253 yards on the day is just absolutely insane for anybody back. Um, man was on a mission. <laughs> he was on a mission this week, and he, he accomplished it and led the Indianapolis Colts to a 14-point W. And uh, Defensively for the Colts, we had Darius Leonard, 10 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and two passes defended. Um, really a game-changing forced fumble there uh, on Mike Glennon. And then DeForest Buckner, four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and a pass defended. Possibly my biggest Pro Bowl snub of the year. Man is having an absolutely beastly season in Indianapolis and one of the biggest reasons that they are one of the best defenses in the league. So Indy, as expected, took um, a W in ja- or not in Jacksonville, but versus Jacksonville in Indianapolis. And they currently sit at the seventh, yeah, seventh seed in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, that's definitely more interesting than New England and the Jets game. Where New England wins 28-24. Um, Cam Newton did it all today, passing for three touchdowns uh, and 242 yards. How many times we see that this year? None. And <laughs> from Jacoby Myers. So... Uh, <laughs> it was it was very it was quite the do it all day for Cam Newton, the leading receiver in the day, Jacoby Myers. Um, as I mentioned, also passed for a touchdown, but threw for sixty eight yards. Tony Michelle, Dave Devin Asani, James White, they all um received touchdowns and had like less than sixty yards. So, <laughs> an interesting stat line, I guess. On the defense side of the ball. Both Jonathan Jones and J.C. Jackson had interceptions, um, yes. which which is a pretty good day for them. Other than that, there's only one guy, one guy who's had a very underrated season getting, I think he has one of the highest pressure percentages 
in the NFL. Chase Winovich, four tackles, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. Um, you know, guys like that. There was I saw some very interesting scouting reports for him. I remember him. A lot of players, a lot of people wanted the Steelers to draft him. Um, somehow, I, I don't even remember what happened that year. I, we might have gotten. That was the Devin Bush year, I believe. Yeah. So, that I mean, was Devin Bush. An opportunity to draft. Yeah, so I mean that's that's fair, but you know he's he's a good player. He's generating a lot of pressure on Sam Darnold, who threw for two interceptions, um, as as well as a touchdown in about two hundred sixty yards. Um, rushing the today, no one really had too good of a game to be honest. Uh, Josh Adams had a rushing touchdown and under fifty yards, so you know, and not not an impressive day. Brashad Perriman actually had a solid day. Brashad Perriman will just randomly go off and just have a good game every once in a yeah. while with 84 yeah. yards. Um, Chris, Christopher Henderson had a receiving touchdown on the day, the lone receiving touchdown, that is. Um, and I'm, not really anyone had a good day on defense, to be fair. Um, I, like, I, don't, I, can, I don't think there's anyone that had a good enough day, to be fair. I mean, the Jets, the Patriots only had 28 um, points, which isn't like crazy over the top, but it's just, like no one. There was no singular good performance. That's defense. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, but this is a game that was very close, and I pre- I was proud. I predicted it to be very close, but I did not predict it to be one point game. Um, <laughs> the Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos ends up 32 to 31 in favor of the um, Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr had a bit of a rough game, throwing for two touchdowns and two picks. Um, uh, but Josh Jacobs, 15 attempts for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Good for a 5.9 yards per carry mark there. Um, I would have liked to see them maybe get him some a little bit more carries as he was performing very well. But, you know, you know, with the flow of the game, they took the W and that's what matters. Um, Darren Waller continues his amazing campaign. Nine receptions for 117 yards and one touchdown as he finished top 10 in the league in receiving yards. Um, and the Broncos, it seemed like they had so many players that had good games for the Denver Broncos. It's so weird that they didn't. Like, if you just looked at these players of the games, you'd be like, yeah, the Denver Broncos probably smacked them. Like, Drew Locke had a great game, 25 for 41, 339 yards and two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, 26 attempts for 93 yards and a touchdown. Jerry Judy, five receptions, 140 yards and a touchdown. And then defensively, Michael Ojemudia, seven tackles, two forced fumbles. Draymond Jones, six tackles, 1.5 sacks, and a tackle for loss. It's like there are so many Broncos that are very good games this week. It's like it was just surprising to me like that they lost when you just look at the player of the games and see like, okay, yeah, there were so many Broncos that just went off today. But um, – when it mattered most, Derek Carr got it done. He had a bit of a rough game, but uh, the the picks for Denver were the two stud safeties in Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, one of the best safety duos in this league. But Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller were able to to just get her done for <laughs> for the Vegas Raiders, and I guess that's what it comes down to when their, their defense wasn't producing too too much. So this was a really good game, really close game as Vegas finishes eight and eight on the year, and I believe. The Broncos finished five and eleven, I think, something like that. I think five and eleven, but uh, yeah, Vegas takes it by one point in an extremely close game. Yeah, that's a another game prediction I got wrong. 
at least I didn't predict this game wrong. Minnesota versus Detroit. This one was actually had pretty close. Um, yeah, yeah. Point differential. I had the point differential like I think it was only like one point off from my point differential there. Um, Kirk Cousins probably had one, if not his best game of the year, probably like his second best. Four hundred five passing yards, three touchdowns. Um, very impressive day from him, as well as Alexander Madison. Since Dalvin Cook was out this week with an injury, I, I presume. Um, you know, it was he uh, pretty good. Kirk his Cousins his father died. Right. His father passed away, so it was personal reasons. Okay. Well. Shoot. <laughs> um, rest in peace, Mr. Cook, I guess. But Alexander Madison came in, did good for you, I guess. As well as Kirk Cousins, who also had a rushing touchdown, which gives him five total touchdowns on the day, uh, which I, I assume was up there for his season high. <laughs> Justin Jefferson had amazing 103 yards receiving, but no touchdowns. Um, the, both of the, all the receiving touchdowns went to Alexander Madison, Chad Bibi and Amir Abdullah. So, um, Chad Bibi, we remember him for his game winner after his bobble. Yes. Go, and he, he got the nice touchdown this week. Uh, for defense, Harrison Smith had an interception as well as seven tackles. Um, other than that, no one really had too crazy of a day. I guess Hercules Mataafa, if that's really how you say his name. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine his name is Hercules. It kind of looks like that. So uh, he had a tackle as well as a sack and a tackle for the loss. But there wasn't any, like, there wasn't too many. This was, they let 35 points up. It's not like you're going to expect too many impressive defensive performances. Um, Matthew Stafford does not have as many yards as you think for a team that's put up 40, 35 points. As he had 293, three touchdowns and an interception. First in the day, Adrian Peterson was the leader with 63 yards and a touchdown. Um, DeAndre Swift. Also had a touchdown in 53 yards. He had more carries. Adrian Peterson was just a way more efficient running back today. Um, strangely enough, that's not something you'd expect to hear uh, in, yeah. in 2021, I guess. But, you know, I guess crazier things have happened. This might just be last year for Adrian Peterson. I guess he went off with a bang as far as his recent games have been. Um, the leader day, the leading day for the receiver, man. Marvin Jones has kind of gone off towards the end of the year. Yeah, he has. You know, 180-yard bomb, like, that is that is very impressive, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. Two touchdowns. And then, um, uh, this guy's name is always wild. I see, I've seen it, like, once or twice before. I'm always, like, just kind of lost. Quintez Cephas. Uh, I think it's Quintez. Quintez, all right. Well... I guess I overthought that one a little bit. He had a receiving touchdown in 51 yards, second most receiving yards on the day. Um, and this was a game where I'd expect TJ Hawkinson to have a little bit more of an impact. He didn't really have to be an impact. Only about 30 re- receiving yards. Um, not the big receiving target that you'd expect, I guess. But um, on defense, Deron Harmon had nine tackles as well as a pass defended. So that, that's solid from the former Patriot. Uh, Tracy Walker also had five tackles, but he had a sack and a tackle for loss, which makes his day just a little bit more impressive, I guess. <laughs> um, other than that, no one again, no one really did too much crazy. As once again, you put up, you let the opposing team put up 37 points. This is a game I wish I would have watched, but the the opportunity did not arise, so I didn't even think yeah. about it. But it was a close game, um, and 
the Viking just squeaked it away at the end. I'm not even sure how they won, to be fair, but I'm sure it was in very dramatic fashion. It was a good one. It was a good one. Um, so now we have the <clears throat> Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers won it in the absence of Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and, and Sammy Watkins and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, 38-21, to 21, the Chargers win this one. And this was actually um, a pretty good game by both quarterbacks. Um, Justin Herbert went off, as we have come to expect at this point, 22 for 31, 302 yards and three touchdowns, so very efficient as well. Justin Jackson, the leading receiver for that team, nine receptions for 72, or I'm sorry, nine attempts for 72 yards. Um, and Mike Williams, the leading receiver, six receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. And then on the other side, Chad Henney had a pretty good game, uh, 23 for 32, 218 yards and two touchdowns. So that's not a bad game coming in to back up Patrick Mahomes. And um, the man on that team, running back Darwin Thompson, was getting it done in the receiving game and the rushing game. Ended with 21 touches for 110 total yards and two total touchdowns, one rushing and one receiving. Um, so yeah, this was you know this was an interesting game. The Chargers. I didn't know if they were going to be able to pull it out. Their team that overall this season has blown some leads and just kind of not won some games that I thought they were capable of winning. And I just thought, you know, maybe the winning culture in Kansas City would get her done. They'd still be able to come out and win this game with, with Chad Henney at the helm. And Chad Henney had a good game, but uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs were just not able to squeak it out there. So um, 21-38 to 38 in a 17-point win for the Los Angeles Chargers. And they should soak it up because I don't anticipate they're going to be beating Patrick Mahomes by at least that much um, anytime soon. So, Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's one of my only good game predictions, but I guess my Ravens versus Bengals game prediction was not. It was good. Yeah, you mentioned you were like, I think this might be a little bit bold to say that this is going to be like this big of a margin. It was about that big of a margin. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was off by like two points or like two points. I think I'm pretty sure I had the Ravens having having 40 points, which is which is pretty wild. Mm -hmm. They had 30. I think you had 40 to 10. If I'm not mistaken, so you know, it it could have been worse. It could have been better. I could have predicted an upset, which would have been very dumb. My yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of the big upsets came true except for the Chargers. Um, but you know, if for this big of a margin, you'd expect Lamar Jackson to have a more crazy dominant day. But, you know, he just did what he had to get done on his 18 passing attempts. He passed for 113 yards. With that, in addition, he had three touchdowns and an interception, rushing at 97 yards, um, which with some very nice highlight reel moments, you know, where he jukes and spins, all, you'd ex- all the things you'd expect from Lamar Jackson. Um, Jake, it was actually like, I feel like it's more J.K. Dobbins day than anyone. It was. It was. And two touchdowns. Now, I said this. One of the predictions I will say is that I predicted that by the end of the season, J.K. Dobbins would be running back one, or like be the best running back on the team. And you say Mark Ingram get his nine carries for 39 yards, and J.K. Dobbins get his 13 carries for 160 yards. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you disagree with that take. So I, I have to make it out because I, I, it's, it's so, it's like so, um, not normal that I get a good prediction and that they disagreed with. <laughs> so I gotta mention it. Um, that, that's that's one that, that turned out a little bit better than, than the rest, I guess. Receiving on the day, no one really like sucked up a ton of targets. Um, 
Miles Boykin actually led the day with yards with one and uh, one. Um, I think I think you mean okay. There you go. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were talking about one yard. I was like, um. No. No, I'm sorry. Uh, one reception, 43 yards, and touchdown for Miles Boykin. Um, Marquise Brown actually had a very solid day as far as, especially the touchdown numbers. He had four, two touchdowns, only 41 yards. That's nothing crazy, but, you know, he, you know, crazier, <laughs> worst games have been had, I, I suppose. Interceptions, I guess. Chuck Clark had three tackles in an interception as well as two passes defended. Quite the day from Chuck Clark, um, and Marcus Peters also had an interception to go along with his uh, one tackle. Other than mm-hmm. that, I wouldn't say anyone had a crazy game. I guess uh, there were like barely there were zero sacks in this game, which is um, zero sacks from the Baltimore Ravens. That is, uh, which I find interesting. <laughs> now, this is this is just a pitiful day though. Brandon Allen, yeah. he has the ball, <laughs> six receptions, and a total of forty-eight yards. As, as well as two interceptions. That's the ugly uh, stuff. That makes me cringe. Inside. And that's stuff after the past couple of weeks, he's looked really good. He's actually had some really solid games. And uh, <laughs> this was not one of them. Him and Kendall Hilton are in uh, contention for the worst quarterback game. Um, it's got to be him. I don't blame Kendall Hilton. Like, I don't think he's a. Like, I don't blame Kendall Hilton for his bad game, but. The man had like 19 passing yards. I, I, I he had the worst game. He only, I think he only attempted nine passes though. It's, it's not like he threw the ball a lot. He didn't throw the ball. I think he, I know he only completed like two passes out of like the 11 that he attempted. I'm pretty sure he only completed one pass and a screen pass. I didn't, no fan. But I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't do too much research into that game. So you you wouldn't expect any receiver to do good. So so that is exactly what happened. And there was no good running back that did good either. There was zero good players. I cannot think of one good player on the on the Cincinnati Bengals team that had a good game. I mean, you could give it to Josh Bynes with the seven tackles, but um, I would not consider him a player of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, needless to say, the player of the game. Not good with Cincinnati Bengal. Um, I'll tell you, tell you that. Um, so this game is what I, I was thinking earlier of a quote that I had said that I thought I said for another game. I actually said it for this game that um, I did not see a world in which New Orleans lost this game. And you saw a world. You were wrong. There was no world. Um, New Orleans lays the smack down 33-7. I actually get to talk about New Orleans this time and not just talk about them even though I'm not supposed to. Um and yeah, they, they smack they smack Carolina without a single running back on the roster. Now I get to talk about Ty Montgomery, the former Packers running back, who goes eighteen attempts for hundred and five yards in his first game as a Saint, I believe. Um and Drew Brees uh did his thing. Twenty two for thirty two, two hundred and one yards and three touchdowns, a very Drew Brees esque stat line at this point in his career. Um and the New Orleans Saints caused had five interceptions this game. Five interceptions, three from Teddy Bridgewater and two from P.J. Walker. Um, they went nuts. So I'll just list the five players that got interceptions, being Marshawn Lattimore, Malcolm Jenkins, P.J. Williams, Ken Crawley, and Grant Haley. I just listed them because they weren't – and none of them were good enough to get a player of the game. None of them did really anything besides get that interception. But um, 
I felt they deserved to be known that they all got five got some. Um, and then other than that, for the um, Saints, we had Carl Granderson, two tackles, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. And then on the other side of the ball, um, obviously the, the Panthers were without Christian McCaffrey. They were also without Mike Davis, so they had no running game. So they were passing the ball all day long, which is where the interceptions came. But when you have, uh, when you're passing the ball all day, you also get um, a lot of yards for Curtis Samuel, seven receptions for 118 yards, and DJ Moore, five receptions for 101 yards. So just an atrocious day for the Panthers. Um, five interceptions on the day for them, and this is just a a, a great game for those Saints to head into the playoffs with. Um, even without Alvin Kamara, even without Michael Thomas, you take this team and you add those two pieces, and they are a truly dangerous team. So, thirty-three to seven, the Saints blow out the Panthers. Yeah, um, I mean, that's got to be among the the, the worst uh, game predictions I've made this season, for sure. Uh, I think yeah. Petty two, PJ Walker out there seeing ghosts. Um, so, so, so they're probably not as bad as the Dolphins though, uh, who just, like, yeah. okay, Dolphins have a good defense. This is just how impressive the Buffalo Coming is. Coming into this game for, to, for, for, uh, just a fact, the Dolphins led the league in a points allowed per game. They only allowed 18.2 points per game and yeah, um, they let up 56. They let up 56 points. Can't play to that 26 points. And I predicted a Miami Dolphins win this game. I was misinformed on the amount of playing time Josh Allen was going to get, as he was benched a little bit towards the end, but he he played the majority of the game. Matt Barkley came in and threw like two touchdowns. He threw for one touchdown, yeah. Yeah, um, one touchdown. Okay. And about in about 170 yards. So I mean, this all day day for Matt Barkley and Josh Allen, um, but <laughs> the running game was was pretty weird for the Buffalo Bills. That's been the theme for my games I've done so far. They didn't have a lot of yards, but they had two um, two rushing touchdowns from Antonio Williams. So, interesting from him, I guess. But, to be fair, I think we really need to give the recognition where to do Isaiah McKenzie with his two receiving touchdowns and a return touchdown. So, um, quite the day from him. One of them was off of a free play where Josh Allen handled himself very well. Very, um, nonchalantly dropped back stood there for about four seconds while the protection hold it, held up really well and just threw a dime. Um, as were the other the other uh, players that received touchdowns. Will Davis was actually leading receiver on the day over Stephon Diggs for like the first time ever. <laughs> uh, 107 hmm. yards touchdown. And then John Brown had 72 yards in a touchdown. So John Brown's all. first game back in like a month, month and a half. Yeah, dusted someone. <laughs> He did, yeah, he did. Stuff, I guess. On the defense there, Dean Marlowe had two interceptions, two passes defended. Um, and, you know, other than that, he actually like didn't have that many tackles, which I'm surprised that I thought I'd have a better day. He only had three and a tackle for loss. So I guess he did have quite the impressive day. Um, but um, Tremaine Edmonds had five tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss. Um, Josh Norman had an interception um, and four tackles. It was it was it was just a it was a brutal day for the Dolphins as they kind of Josh Norman had a pick six Josh, for like the first one since like 2015. Um, yeah, which is <laughs> very interesting, I'd say. Um, 
our man Tyler Minikiewicz had two passes defended. I had to throw that in there because I noticed that they must have gotten on some playing time. Uh, yeah. Dirty red. One of the players that I missed most on the Steelers, and I wish the Steelers could have kept around, but he's getting paid like way more than the Steelers paid him, and um, it's hard to pay a depth slash special teams guy like the amount of money that the, the, that the Buffalo Bills are. But I guess, you know, you get to do that when you have an extra couple – Laying around in your cap space, and like the Steelers do. Um, well, in theory, they let him go, but they signed Derek Watt to almost the same contract, and he doesn't really see the field. So, yeah, I don't know. There are many weird questions that there are to be said to be asked to, to Kevin Colbert, but uh, it's kind of interesting as Tua Tagovailoa goes out there and passes for more yards than uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen, but obviously he had a much worse day. One. Three interceptions. It was it was not a good day for Tua. Um, passed the basketball fifty times, and he just could not get a whole lot going. Um, Lynn Bowen. I'm not actually sure who this guy is, but he, he must have came in. <laughs> he threw a pass. So and completely. He's a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. He threw a pass. Very very interesting. <laughs> um, rushing the day, Savon Ahmed was actually the leading rusher. But he had less than three yards. And a rushing touchdown. Miles Gaskins also had a rushing touchdown. Um, leading the day receiver, as would expect. The same with with uh, the Panthers. When you're passing the ball so much, since you're one dimensional, um, there's a guy that is a target hog. 14 targets. Um, Devontae Parker pulled on seven of them for 116 yards. Uh, Malcolm Perry had the lone receiving touchdown of the day. On the defense. No one really had a very good game. Um, Xavier Howard had a pretty cool highlight interception, if I remember correctly, on the, on the sidelines. He's that was Byron Jones. Okay. I saw that. Never mind. But Byron but Jones, Xavier Howard, I think. Byron, I think Xavier Howard had an interception, too, though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm tripping. Did. I okay. had it marked down Byron Jones and Xavier Howard had interceptions. <laughs> um, <laughs> who had the, <clears throat> the impressive touch. Uh, interception. But other than that, no one really had a very good... I guess, I guess Byron Jones would have a pretty good day. As he was a leading tackler um, with six, and he had an interception. Which, for a cornerback, is pretty impressive. But, you know, mm-hmm. when you move like 56, 56 points, get put up on you, I don't think you deserve... No matter how impressive of a day you did, you had, I'm not giving a, a Miami Dolphin defender player of the game. <laughs> a player of the game. Yeah. Uh, you're correct. You're correct. I did not. I did not. Um, yeah, and yeah, or Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, I gave it to Isaiah McKenzie. That's fair. Um, but it was kind of funny because I had gotten a question the day before this Bills game, and it was um somebody asked me. They said, "Hey, do you think that the Bills could realistically win the Super Bowl?" And I was like, "You know, that that that's a good question." And I said, "I think it's going to be tough to get past KC." But um, I think it's I think there's a real chance the Bills could win the Super Bowl. Um, I said the Bills. Are, I think the Bills are the second best team in the league, and I think they could really win the Super Bowl. But boy, was I I was right. <laughs> I would say when you come in, if there was any questions about the Buffalo Bills, they were the legitimacy of them. Those questions were squashed um, on Sunday, where they put up. 56 points and just put a spanking down on one of the best defenses in the league, the lowest total points allowed defense in the league. 
18.3 points per game allowed. And they just come in there and put a whooping on, on them. Like, this is, jeez. And then nobody would have ever predicted that game. Oh, my goodness. Josh Allen and those Bills are some, a sight to see. Let me tell you what. But um, um, the last chronological game, um, the last game that took place this week, not the last game we have here, but um, the Washington football team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Washington wins it 20-14, to 14, and this was a very, very controversial game, let me tell you, because um, as you know, as we reported on before, um, if Washington won, won this game, then they would win the division and make the playoffs, but if they lost this game, then the winner of the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants game would win the division, and in, uh, in this case, it was the New York Giants. But the interesting thing was Washington ended up making this a three-point game in the fourth quarter with a Jalen Hurts touchdown run. And then immediately Jalen Hurts gets benched for Nate Sudfeld. Um, so that – oh, man. This was – this was suspicious. And what we, we – me and Joe talked a little bit before on whether or not we thought they were purposely trying to lose – but the thing that I had forgotten that I kind of just now remembered, um, I kind of feel like this might have been premeditated because this is the first game of the year, by the way. Carson Wentz was a healthy scrap. He was healthy, and they decided to make him inactive for today's game um, for the first time. So theoretically, if they were going to pull the card of like, well, you know, we, we thought Jalen Hurts wasn't playing too well, so we put well, you sat – it's just a coincidence – that the game you, you pull Carson Wentz, or I'm sorry, the game you pull Jalen Hurts happens to be the one game of the season Carson Wentz is not active? That's just a coincidence? Because if you wanted to pull Jalen Hurts, there would have been an outrage if you put Nate Sudfeld in over Carson Wentz and said, yeah, he gives us the best chance to win. <laughs> um, and that's what they said. Doug Pierce was like, oh, I thought we're, you know, we're trying to win this game. They weren't trying to win this game. I believe uh, they were trying to tank this game away. They didn't want to win. They want to get a better draft position. And the Giants players and fans agreed with me. Um, oh, my goodness, were they livid about this move as the Eagles go into this um, and just blatantly try to lose this game. There were so many tweets, tweets from um, Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley, um, Golden Tate, I believe, tweeted something like, the only explanation here is that they hate us more than they hate Washington. And it's like, that, that's all I can think of. And like, man, it's just, ah, that's the head coach of the, of the Giants, Joe Judge, came out after today. I believe it was today. He had an interview just talking about how this, this act was a disgrace to the game of football and how you'll never catch the New York Giants doing that as long as he's the head coach. And just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We only had two top performers. It was a really bad game. Um, we had 19 attempts for 75 yards for Antonio Gibson, who is not—that's not even good yards per carry. But I had to give it to somebody. And then Alex Singleton, the Eagles, 14 tackles, one sack, and a tackle for loss. But yeah, this was a game where Philly came out and blatantly tried to lose this game, and it worked. And I'm honestly questioning that there's a real chance that the NFL tries to bring down some punishment on them, because we've seen historically with the NFL, they do everything they can so that to prevent tanking. Um, because while theoretically tanking seems like a good idea if you're a team, um, and it's a big thing in the NBA, um, the NFL doesn't want that because you lose revenue when you tank, um, currently like no, no, like most fans don't want to watch a a tanking team. 
There are a few exceptions. I'm an NBA exception to that with the Chicago Bulls, as we've been tanking for the past four years now. And I'm one of the few people that actually watch the Bulls still over the past four years with tanking. But, you know, whenever if, we're, if we ever end up being good someday, um, you can't call me a bandwagon. Because I've watched this team the past couple of seasons where they put up less than 25 <laughs> wins. And, uh, it's not good. It's not good. But a little bit of digression there. But the NFL could bring down some things. We've seen them always try to say, hey, no tanking, no, you know, with competitive rules and such. And they've brought down the hammer on teams that they thought before that were possibly trying to tank. So look look out. The NFL might look into this at some point. But um, I think it was blatantly they were trying to tank. But at least before the episode, Joe had thought differently, but maybe his mind has changed since then. Let's hear your opinion, Joe. Was it tanking I, or no? I, I find it hard to believe that Nate Peterson goes out there and there's all the rumors that he's going to get fired, and he, he goes out there and blatantly loses a game. Maybe, maybe he blatantly loses, but I'm sure I'm sure that if they tank that if they tank that game, it wasn't Doug Peterson. I'm sure if they were tanking that game, it was the owner or the general manager or some other high up official that was like, Hey man, like they got together like, Hey, we're lo- let's just lose this game. I'm sure Doug Peterson didn't just go out there on a whim and was like, all right, I think I'm, I think that I want to lose this game. I, I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't have a clue. Like I really cannot make an informed opinion on this. There's a lot of evidence. Um, that would, that was go as you would say that they were trying to blame lose. Honestly, they did get like, they get like the fourth pick instead of like the sixth or like the seventh or what or whatnot. I don't know. Okay. I don't actually know. But all I know, all I know is this is a really interesting thing. I'm sorry. I'm kind of it's kind of digressing, but the third, the Miami Dolphins own the third pick in the draft. Like, oh my goodness, via the uh, Laramie Tunsil trade with the Texans last year, they own the Texans' first round pick, and now this team that just went ten, ten and six, and um, was almost made the playoffs is going to get a top three pick. And in my opinion, you could use it on Pennell, Sui Pennell, or however you say his name, the offensive lineman who looks like a generational talent. If I'm them, I'm drafting Devontae Smith, Alabama wide receiver. Oh, my goodness. It's he talented. There's two wide receivers, Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. And if they draft either one of them, I'm cool with it. But um, the skill set of um, uh, Devontae Smith, I think, just fits them a little bit more. He's more of a guy that works on creating separation and less on, you know, his his frame and hands. And Jamar Chase is someone that's got great hands, and he's able to go up and pinpoint the football and such. But the Dolphins, they kind of already have a guy that does that, and Devontae Parker. So I would I would give Devontae, Devontae Smith one of the, you know, premier wide receivers in college and having a, a record-setting season there with Alabama. But a bit of a digression. But, um, boy, we're going to see that it team with possibly... Thing. Yeah, an awesome segue to the last game here. Um, a team that definitely wishes they still had their first round pick. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> um, they, they lost their Tennessee Titans versus Houston. They lost 41-38. to 38. It's kind of crazy. Houston does not have a lot of talent around him. It was a fun game, let me tell you. I was able to watch that game. That was, was insane. That was a great game. It was. <laughs> I didn't get to watch all of it. I get to watch some of it. It was it was interesting. Um, Tom Watson is just wasting his career in, in Houston. Let's be fair. Yeah. Unless they they bring in some talent, then he is really. Oh, JJ Watts out the door. Did you did you see what he talked about the other day? Yeah, yeah. They they had asked him something like uh like 
for you guys that don't know, they'd asked him something about like his future in in um in Houston, and he was talking about, yeah, you know, my contract is up, so I can't really, I'm not going to guarantee anything, but uh, you know, like things aren't doing, going too well here, <laughs> or something, just like heavily hinting that he's going to leave, and he's probably going to. We we've known he's unhappy in Houston this year. He got into a verbal spat with Bill O'Brien, which caused him to get fired. Uh, he had been he had publicly called out Ross Blacklock for some stuff he had done to got got ejected. There's been some tensions with a lot of guys on his defense. He came out, I believe it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, and just said like, "Yeah, we're a terrible football team. We don't deserve to win any games right now, and I don't want to be a part of this. Fo- and like, I don't want to be a part of a losing culture. And like, that's what we are right now. So he's probably out. Let's be real. So yeah, um, Ryan Tannehill for for a team that. Just- <laughs> Put up 41 points. You expect him to have a little bit better of a day. Um, after he had 216 yards and a touchdown, zero interceptions. Derrick Henry. Okay, I guess we should say this right now. He had, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill had two rushing touchdowns to go along with his one um, passing touchdown. Derrick Henry has for t- I mean rushed for 250 yards on dot. It was kind of funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, um, I I feel like Derrick Henry's getting close to 2,000 yards. Let me look at this. And I looked it up, and I saw that he needed like 230 yards. And I was like, ah, okay, never mind. He's not going to hit 2,000. And then the man, for the third time in his career, um, rushed for over 200 yards on the Houston Texans. The most times by any player rushing for over 200 yards on the same team. Um, That's just Absurd. I just that's just a funny little moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Derrick Henry is a is a absolute beast, and you think he just got a crazy. You know, he got like fifty rushes or what or whatnot. You know, no, he only had thirty four carries. I mean, thirty four carries is a lot. That's still an average of seven point four yards per carry. That's a very impressive um, stat line for him. AJ Brown also had a very impressive stat line with hundred and fifty one receiving yards and a touchdown. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Malcolm Butler was the leading tackle of the day, tied with Kenny Vaccaro. Um, they both had five, but they didn't, neither, none of them had any other stats recorded. Um, as far as interceptions go, Rashawn Evans had – no, um, he did not have an interception. He had a pass defended and four tackles, which is pretty nice. Um, Amani Hooker had the lone interception for the Titans um, and, like, one tackle, <laughs> you know, no, nothing crazy. You know, you let once again, you let a, an offense put up thirty eight points on you. There's not going to be a whole lot of impressive performances on defense. Um, one very impressive performance, I would say, Deshaun Watson, three hundred and sixty five yards, three touchdowns and an interception, rushing the ball. David Johnson had eighty four yards and a touchdown, receiving. Brandon Cooks had quite the day, one hundred sixty six mm-hmm. yards and two touchdowns. Off some of that, some of that um, elite talent that we saw more in, in in Los Angeles. Kiki Kuti also had a really nice day with 90 yards. Um, Pharaoh Brown had the only other non-Brandon Cooks receiving touchdown uh, on the day. With um, in addition to that, he had 48 yards on defense. <laughs> um, Zach Cunningham had eight tackles and a tackle for loss, which is which is impressive, I'd say. A guy who's been impressive all year um, impressed me for sure. Someone I really <laughs> know a whole lot about, but I have to say his name so many times. He's he, le- he led the league in tackles this year. 
yeah, yeah, definitely uh, a great, great year from him. Uh, other than that, there really wasn't any great defensive performance um, from our, our last game analysis that we have of the season. Um, it was quite the, <laughs> it was quite the interesting game, quite the fun game to watch. You get to see a couple guys, two of the most talented players in the league, in Deshaun Watson and Derek Carr, take over a game. So, mm-hmm. uh, no complaints here, I guess. <laughs> quite, I mean, what better way? What better way to end off our our regular season game analysis than with a 250-yard Derrick Henry rush? That just sums up the season, basically. Yeah. It was, it was a great regular season, I'll say. Excited for the playoffs. Um, excited to see our Steelers hopefully make a deep playoff run. Maybe pull a couple of that. But they'll need to pull off enough. They'll need to beat Cleveland, um, which I'm not worried about, to be honest. But, um, you know, <laughs> we don't want to get cocky or anything. I think we can be Cleveland, uh, yes. a team we're very familiar with. We have we already prepared for them one week, and then we get to prefer just have another week to learn more about the same team. So uh, the defense should be able to eat with all their starters back, except for Joe Hayden because he's still, still going to be on the COVID nineteen list. Um, and then they're probably going to need to they'll likely be playing the Bills, which we already played and lost to in pretty uh, pretty commanding fashion. The, the Bills had a pretty easy game there. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we just don't, we don't have to, um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully we can pull off the upsets. And if it comes down to KC versus the Steelers, then I'm going to be very excited. But uh, I can imagine that the result of that game would be pretty disappointing to all our Steelers fans wanting the Steelers to go to the playoffs. I mean, go to the Super Bowl. Um, so. I can imagine that the result of a Steelers-Bills game would feel the same way. <laughs> At this point, the way the Bills have been playing lately, that could get ugly quick. <laughs> yeah, it could. Yeah, it definitely could. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. There's our Week 17 analysis of all of those games, which wraps up our analysis on the season, of regular season at least. We'll still have analysis of, of the playoff games, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. this was just a... a yeah, good week of football. And last week, we, we got our league leaders here of all this stuff officially. And I don't even think I got a single one of them correct. Um, <laughs> you know, I, said, I said Dak for passing yards. It ended up being Mahomes, I believe. Um, passing touchdowns, I think I said Drew Brees. It ended up being Aaron Rodgers. Um, rushing yards, I said... I originally had said, or said Saquon, and it that didn't work out. And then after that, I said Nick Chubb, and it ended up being um, Derrick Henry. Touchdowns was also Derrick Henry. I predicted Kamara. Um, receiving yards, I said Julio. It ended up being uh, Stephon Diggs. I don't even. I said Mike Evans for receiving touchdowns, and it ended up being Devonte Adams. Um, I said Joe Schobert for tackles. It was Zach Cunningham. I don't think I said anybody for sacks, but I think I thought Cam Jordan would lead the league in sacks, but that we only had two predictions, and I already had predicted two league leaders for the Saints. Um, so I thought Cam Jordan would lead the league in sacks. It was TJ Watt. Um, interceptions, I said Kevin Byard. It was Xavier Howard. Passes defended. I don't know who it was, but I predicted Trey Boston. And that was sorely mistaken because he's not had that good of a season. But yeah, I was wrong in just about everything. So 
Not yeah, good. I, I concur with my predictions. Um, I, we always say we might go back and talk about some more predictions. But uh, at this point, I don't know if I really want to. It would make me feel kind of sad. Maybe we can just do a segment at some point. Just if we have an episode where we don't have a lot to talk about, we do a little segment and just do like our our five hottest takes over there and five coldest takes. That'd be interesting. I I would be hard pressed for me to find five good takes. But Maybe or three. Maybe or three. <laughs> name the name the most amount of takes. It's like greater. It's less than or equal to five takes that were good. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. We, actually, neither of us will have any any trouble finding five cold takes, though. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is actually quite the interesting day, as we are about to finish up at 11.32. It is normally about 1.32 in the morning. So Yeah, we usually would have just started, like, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, had some free time. It, it would just, it's nice we can get it done a little bit earlier, I guess. Um so, so to all you guys out there listening at this point, good job. Uh, once again, I do apologize for the last episode's quality. Hopefully, we can work that out. But um, I'll be up early this morning because school started, so I have to be up early up in the early in the morning. So I'll have a lot more margin of error goes wrong. Um, so yeah. I don't, I'm happy school's gonna start. Well, in like two weeks, I'll get to go back to school, which I'm super happy about. But that does. Um, I mean, I'll have to stay up a little bit later at night to make sure the Colton and Jester stuff is ready. Because <laughs> it always, well, since I'm just always at home, I can always just, I just set to download and then just go to bed right away. And then when I'm up in the morning for school, I always just did it then. Which, I, you know, it's a, it's even trade for me as I, I would much rather go to school. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's going to be weird being back in school eventually and just yeah. seeing people again. <laughs> it's been, it's been, it feels like it's been really long. It's, it was, like December, we got it. We got let out before. We got let out before Thanksgiving. Bro, are you really? That's awful. Yeah, because they just assumed that, like, the day before Thanksgiving break, I believe, was our last day. Yeah, because they just assumed that everybody was going to go to Thanksgiving and contract COVID with their families coming in out of town and stuff. So they they originally were like, okay, so you're going to be out till December first. And then you'll come back because you should be okay by then. And then they postponed it to December 7th. And then I guess they just were like, all right, January 19th. That's when you'll be back. They took like a month and a half jump after that. So, Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a weird situation with, with school right now. But I, I really wish I could have done basketball. I would have been really – I really wanted to do basketball this year. But the opportunity did not arise, I guess. So – at least I'll be doing yeah, track. I'm, I'm basically, try, I don't know when track is going to start, but I'm assuming it's going to be pretty soon because now, now that we're allowed to have practices. So, <laughs> thing is, uh, during Christmas break, all I did was around and eat food and stuff. So I got really out of shape. I went for a run today, and it was like it was really bad. I mean, I like ran for like three miles, um, which like it, it like you know it's okay for a first run back, I guess. Like I've I've definitely had worse first run backs, but it took me like. 35 minutes it took me like yeah <laughs> that's like a really really bad pass. you know like and I, I, I was trying pretty hard that, that, i mean it's like i can I, normally i can run like eight or nine minute like consistency like consi- if i were running consistently i can probably go like eight minute mile the whole time which is pretty trash but like 
when I was in cross country, I could probably do like seven or like seven thirty, pretty consistently. Like that, I was pretty happy with that. And mm-hmm. like the best races were were about at that pace. Um, but now that I don't have a reason to like run every day, I've just like kind of slumped off, and you know now I got to try really hard. I'm gonna show up and just get smoked to bits. And especially because yeah. before track we had we had like a month and a half of conditioning, and now we're gonna have like a week of conditioning before our first meet, probably. <laughs> Or like something weird like yeah. that. I'm in the same or boat like, of uh, getting out of shape after Christmas and then coming back and having basketball is such a pain in the butt with that stuff because now we're just this and these next couple of days are kind of just days to get back in shape and I expected that to happen yeah. but like we're just running sprints after sprints after sprints. It's not fun. It, it, it is not fun and that is coupled with the fact that I am now learning to play the the point guard position and i'm doing a little bit more running now with that so i'm uh, my legs are a little bit sore right now i can't lie point guard like uh let's see who can i think like of? garen collison malcolm brogdon um, is the point malcolm darren the guy we talked about his jersey beforehand the like 20 dollar oh, yeah. jersey <laughs> oh yeah there's a there's i'm like a, Jersey on sale. Um, I'm like Malcolm Brown. Okay, well, see what does, does 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 Victor Oladipo play? Um, Victor Oladipo is a shooting guard. Dang it! All right, I'm I'm working on it. One of these days, I'm gonna be knowledgeable in the NBA, and uh, I'll prove you all wrong. <laughs> At some point, I've actually really enjoyed the NBA lately. Games. I missed today's game. I kind of forgot about it, and then we were started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went to overtime due to a very clutch Miles Turner uh, three that I saw on the Instagram. So yeah, um, yeah, I I like the NBA. I just like how much scoring is in the NBA. It's so fun to watch all that. That's why I can't get into like hockey and soccer and stuff, just because I want to watch scoring. You know what I mean? When you when there's you know an average game, there's like four or five points scored. It's like. Okay, this isn't <laughs> this isn't that interesting, but you get to the NFL where there's a combined like forty something points on average, and then the NBA where there's a combined like you know two hundred forty something like two hundred twenty points or something on average. So that, that, that that's I I thoroughly enjoy the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I can assure you we will probably we will in all likelihood never have a serious golf and like um baseball bas not we'll probably might, we might have a serious basketball video like at some point just for fun if i ever become knowledgeable enough in that um but no no hockey no soccer no baseball nothing serious like that i mean i'm just not knowledgeable enough in that at all and i don't have like a want i don't want to become knowledgeable me neither <laughs> I, like, I like hockey though I, I do like hockey to an extent but not as much as i like, will watch the penguins in the playoffs um, and like back before this season, I would catch, like if I didn't have anything to do and I was just chilling, you know, I would put on the Pirates game if it was on for, you know, at least background noise or something. But my, I don't even want to give them the viewership anymore. They're so bad. Their, their front office is actually just atrocious. Trading Josh Bell was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen from a front office. It's ridiculous, but, um, I'm, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> um, yeah. But at this point, I don't even care. Like, Bucks can do whatever they want, and I just 
It's not I, like I don't have any emotional attachments to them anymore. Yeah, but my dad likes hockey. Since he used to live in Canada, he really likes hockey in the in the NHL. Oh, that's cool. Where was your Where did your dad live in Canada? Ontario, Canada. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I, mean, I, thought, I thought you knew that. Um, no, he, he so he really likes hockey, and I watch a couple hockey games with him. And he knows he doesn't like know all the guys anymore because now he has to like work and stuff. <laughs> like he doesn't have enough time to sit around and watch all the games that he's doing like my age. Um, mm-hmm. But he knows like a lot about hockey, like as a game. Like he's more of a, a purist hockey fan where he knows more like the concepts and stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah. Know, it's interesting. <laughs> I got one friend that's real big into hockey. He he plays, and oh my goodness, he knows so much about it. It's kind of just, it's just crazy when he would just. I remember back when uh, the Penguins had won their back to back. I was that's when I was like kind of into it. Like I would, I'll still watch Penguins in the playoffs, but I was into it in the playoffs then, and throughout the whole playoffs, he would always. He would always ask me. He would, like we would just be talking. He'd be like, "So who do you think's gonna win the series between?" The Penguins and this team, and I didn't know, so I would always and it's he would he was a, kind of a pessimist, um, and he'd be like, eh, I don't think we're gonna win this one, and it's like every game I would predict correctly, just completely guessing, been like game after game, like game one, game two, game three, game four, like I was always just guessing it correctly, and I did not know why, and I did hadn't like I just didn't know anything, but he was real big into hockey, and he was not he was not predicting it that right, but. He's he's a he's a pretty he's a beast at hockey. I'll get I'll give him that. He was a he scored a goal in the state championship of West Virginia, and as a freshman, and they won. Sweet, <laughs> that's cool. My dad played Shout hockey to you in Canada, and he got like one goal his whole career. He like I guess he played a lot of defense. I guess, um, which is what oh, I'm yeah. saying. He got so he 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 uh, he got it, and he went on a breakaway, and he was. Going on the the rink as fast as he could, and he like he like tripped and fell, and just like hit hit the hit the puck out like as he fell to the ground, um kind of like mm-hmm. a Daniel Jones trip like that. He was kind of like all by himself and just got inside yeah. his own head and fell down. And he stopped, and everyone's all happy and high fiving himself. And he's like, "What happened?" And he, he scored his goal. Like he just like fell over and shot <laughs> it, and he just won it. <laughs> that is his glory. Hockey, and he played football. He my dad played a lot of sports, but he wasn't like serious at one of them. He played football year and he played offensive lineman and um he said he was okay. <laughs> he I guess he did cross country one year too. Um mm. but he was he said he was not, he had that in common we're both no good at cross country. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 with your dad. I'm a guy that's uh I've played a lot of sports but I've never particularly been all that great at any of them. I mean I haven't played that many sports and I haven't been any good <laughs> No I I like I like like them a lot. I like track and I like cross country a lot. But I'm just not any very I'm not any good at any of them. Like I'm never gonna get first place. I'm just like not not a very good body type for it. I guess I'm I'm, I'm too tall and I'm like too big. <laughs> like and I like I as as no matter how hard I try, I just like I cannot get like small like the people that are really good at cross country. And it's not like I really want to like because I don't want to be like a stick. You know, I'm happy yeah. with how I am. Right now, I probably say I'm a little bit fat. Got some fat on my stomach a little bit, unlike my size, I guess. Um, but with, like with with time and with like exercise that I do, like I know that'll go away. I'm not stressed about it. Um, yeah, you'll get when you get back doing track and stuff. Yeah, like I 
but I'm like, there's this one kid in my school. He's so he's so good at cross country and he's so good at track, but he's like, he's like six inches shorter than I am, and he's like weighs like 140 pounds. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm never gonna be able to be that small, no matter what I do. Like unless yeah. I really, like, <laughs> never eat. Like I, <laughs> I'm not gonna like kid myself. But like I mean, I, I have fun with it, so I guess. So I must that's all that counts. Say, that's all that matters. So that's like you know you what we think about that now. Like you know, oh, they say oh, yeah, as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. And we think of it as a cliche, but just the way I tend to look at things like this is how am I going to look back on it for the rest of my life? And if I look back on my experience and I'm like, okay, I didn't have fun, then it's not worth it. If I look back and I was like, "Hey, I had fun here. That that's worth it." Because and that that's how I t- try to look at things in life. It's not always easy, you know. And that's what it, you know, when it, whether that be, you know, eating healthier, working out, or just what you what you want to do, whether you want to do this or that or whatever. I always try to look at things from a thing like, okay, like maybe I don't want to right now, but twenty years from now, like maybe I would rather eat chips every day and ice cream and drink soda. But 20 years from now, um, I'm not going to be thankful that I, like maybe it makes me happy now, but 20 years from now, it's not. Um, what my what my grandma always said, a, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. <laughs> facts. That's facts. Like, I mean, yeah, like, it, of course, it would be, be nice. Like, it, it makes you, like, feel a little bit better whenever you just don't sit any, around and do anything. But, like, there's a, there's a real thing that i always feel like after i run you feel a lot better it's it's a lot to do biology whatnot i don't know the science behind it uh you know it makes you happy that's because if i when i'm you know when i'm old and i'm on my deathbed if i didn't enjoy if i didn't enjoy doing you know i don't enjoy doing track i don't enjoy running i'll say that and if when i'm on my deathbed i'm not gonna look back and think, man, I really wish I, I really wish I had just done track for a year. You know what I mean? Because it wouldn't have made me happy. Maybe I'll look back and say, you know, I'm happy that I did what made me happy in my life. And that's what counts. That's real talk, bro. That's some some good life talk, some good life lessons here at the end of the Colton Joe Show. We might not be the yes. oldest men. We might not be the most experienced men. But Colton has some words of wisdom. And I... Try to not sound stupid as much as I can. <laughs> Colton's words of wisdom. Right. My own principal said, used to do that. Before we were before we had two hours of recording. I That's just two hours probably, on this. That's not even including like the twenty minutes that we had that recorded like, before the technical difficulties. It was. I'm not imagining it. Was it was like minutes. it was at least like ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Dude, yep, there you have the, it. It's not the weekend yet. I, I zoned for a bit. I zoned for a bit. Uh, <laughs> we're here. You know what it is. You know how we end this off. From us here at the Corn and Joe Show, we are. Peace and-